double digit weeks this week, ladies and gentlemen. It is in the thralls of autumn. We are into mid-November. You can smell the turkey in the oven. I guarantee you can do that. And we're going to give you a helping or two or five of picks this week here on the Sunday card. Dan Zampano, Zampano, oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce my own name right. Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, and our steam producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, off on the hiatus this week. Could not make it, but we love him anyway. He did give us a bet the narrative, though, Matt, before the show, which is nice for us not to have to pick it. And I'll tell you something, I hate it, because me and him are going head-to-head again like we did last week. That's how you know it's a true head-to-head is because it's it's a true uh, bet the narrative because he usually just listens to us talk for 45 minutes and says, I hate everything that you've said and then picks against us. So we're we're no good at doing that. You know, we just, we, we always think that we're right. And uh, you know, could be more wrong about that. Absolutely. And I can't wait for you to spin the the torture chamber wheel there and see which one of the games he was, he's head-to-head to me with once I make all my picks. So that'll be a lot of fun. Maddie. Oh, that's that's the noise I'll make for last that's... week. I just couldn't get there. So frustrating. That was really, really a tough one for you there, Dan. Not only Ugh. one and four. I didn't say it. One and four. One and four. Thank God, Joey B. Thank. Imagine, and you just finally get on Joey B. He comes to save your asses because certainly your New England Patriots didn't do that. As no, another head-to-head uh, notch in the belt for you, boy, over here. You're like it, it, it's it's honestly at this point getting like it got annoying and now I just feel defeated and in coinciding with the fact that I'm raising the white flag I have nothing left for this team this Patriots team like there is nothing for me anymore I was okay with them losing to Philly and Dallas and Miami twice and hey there's some hope we beat the Bills like oh my gosh. Then they lose to the scrubbed Washington team that is trading away their players, has the worst O-line in football, and you lose to that. Like, a rookie quarterback. That's I mean, that is like locked and loaded, Belichick versus a rookie. Like, we've got this. I told like you got it's gotta throw that all out the window. That's right. all gone now. And they should have won by more. They Washington should have won by more. The end of that first half. I mean, they went right down the field and Duggar gets the interception in the end zone because Sam Howell just was a complete doof and threw it right to him. So it should have been worse. The patch really should have even never had had a chance and they screwed it up again, offsides penalties, balls going off of Juju's hands for interceptions. That game was brutal and you deserved that one. I never even deserved to be in it, to be to be quite honest with you. I thought I was going to sneak out that four number though. You know, it was minus three and I thought they were going to, do it again nope no not quite not quite for that but we had some other ones right i mean okay we i want to talk about this one first just real quick josh freaking dobbs josh freaking dobbs the past or not can you believe that that was incredible for him to be able to do that and somehow some way you go in with jaron hall and you come out smelling like a like a rose with the past or not yeah, it wasn't the quarterback I was intended to bet on, but you know what? When you when you make the bet, you make the bet. Oh. Hey, Minnesota, Minnesota's playing good. Like Brian Flores has that defense playing really, really well now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh Dobbs coming in on, you know, the Baker Mayfield last year, coming in like two days, practicing the cadence with the offensive lineman on the sideline before he's about to go in. They, you know, shook hands and introduced themselves basically on the sideline right before he's about to go in and play for them. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the Vikings are rolling. Yeah. Vikings are kind of feel like they have some of that magic from last year. Don't they like, but like almost more in like a, in like a legit, you know, they're, they're more like that underdog story way now, like where it Mm -hmm. makes sense for them versus like everybody being like, they've got it all. They're a powerhouse team. Like nobody gets stepped to the Vikings and being like big favorites in these games. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, they're a scrappy clawing underdog. Like, Defense that doesn't have a lot of players, but they just blitz the hell out of you and throw crazy, crazy zones at you with Flores and and quarterbacks stepping up and your best player is down mm-hmm. and you got a rookie Jordan Addison coming in. Like this is like the Vikings we can get behind. Yeah, no, they're a they're a heart filled story. 
you know, they're an easy team to root for. And the fact that you get three wins this week with a quarterback you didn't even know was going to play. And then, you know, somehow or another, I saw, and you had Kansas City as well, and we'll talk about that one too, because that was an incredible defensive performance by Kansas City. But even that game, like Miami chances again, and, you know, Kansas City ends up finishing it. And did you know that Kansas City ended up as a dog in the final seconds, like the, like minutes before that game ended up, you know, closing? They end up as a one-point dog in that game, which is on crazy. On the live odds? On the live odds, right as the game closed, I looked at, the, the line and it said Kansas city plus one. I'm like, some books had it out there. Kansas city plus one, which is crazy. Public, 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 public. I'm like, what? Like, it's just, like, it's not like that hard to figure out. Every time they take a step up in class, they don't perform. Yeah. Like they don't have the chops to compete with the best of the best. They beat up on all the scrubs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand what's so hard to figure out about this. Teams with good coaching can figure this out. No, you're right. The defense played a lot better for Miami, obviously. And Kansas City's offense, mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced. But that defense, man, I mean, to shut that down, and obviously the play of the day with the with the fumble at the end of the half that that mm-hmm. got them up what twenty one nothing. You know, it was insane. With the with the pitch play, with the it was a that was yeah. a rugby that was a rugby offload. You know, you're right in the middle of a tackle. Oh, love kinda, that. You pitch it off to the guy behind him. Yeah, you know, channeling that. Channeling those German uh, European rugby vibes. I was gonna say, if there's anything scripted, it would have been the rugby pass in Germany <laughs> that was the biggest play of the of the day out there. So Maddie gets uh, those three wins. The two losses were both mind melt losses, and they were both freaking disgusting. I mean, I don't. I, should we just go in chronological order? Because I don't know which one's worse. I think I mean, Dallas is worse. Dallas was. Oh my Atlanta. I mean, how many, there's like four plays that had a combined, like half of a yard from us <laughs> being able to score, like getting stopped okay. on, like on, on the two point conversion where Ferguson was just short or that was the touchdown or whatever. Schoonmaker. Yeah. Da- he was just short. Schoonmaker. Dak stepping out with the toes on the two point conversion. I mean, the amount of like, like true game of inches things that happened in that game to keep Dallas from covering it just absolutely ripped my heart out and absolutely the, and the, ripped and, my heart out and the pass interference on Stefan Gilmore I'm still looking for like the holding call on Schultz they have the same call the same exact thing happens with with Devontae Smith the next drive and they don't call it like it was like a pretty egregious officiating in that game too was ridiculous so it really was every which way it felt like felt like dallas should have won that game it really did feel that way i don't i don't think philly fans feel good about that game that game's in philly and they win that game off of a few crazy breaks and some serious good luck and potentially some bad officiating but i dan i just i'm starting to feel like the parlay is just never gonna hit again i mean that (laughs) That being the final, like we had, like we had Washington already, like another one where we are one in the pocket. Yeah. That was tough. That was really tough. You know what though? I feel like we have one or two weeks more where we can still play that strategy of, Hey, we don't need to get a big whale in this after maybe the week 11, week 12. I'd say week 12 is feeling like we're going to have to start real hungry. Yeah, get to get some like eight, nine point dogs. And by Thanksgiving, there. we got it by Thanksgiving. If not, we're going for big birds. Take a leg. <laughs> That's so great. That's awesome. Um, the Jets was even worse because the Jets played maybe the best defense I've ever seen. Justin Herbert was lifeless and they still lose by 21. I mean, that defense was so dominant. Like they were just absolutely ruining the Chargers. And Zach Wilson, he he has to lose at least like eight yards. He's got to have like the most sack yards on average, like per mm. sack. He just runs straight backwards, and yes. he just and and then and then also tries to fumble while doing. But like he loses so many yards, he has he has absolutely no pocket like awareness. Like no, there is that internal clock of getting the ball out just doesn't exist. 
he looks like he plays quarterback in the 1960s and they throw the ball three times a game. And when he gets pressure, he has no idea what to do. So they just keep running back. Like that's what he looks like. How many highlights of old time football have I seen where quarterbacks just run backwards like Fran Tarkenton and the rest of them. So that's, that's what he looked like. It, that was so brutal to see that not only needing Justin Herbert to get like 25 fantasy points, all I needed was like 23, 24 points. And he does that every week. He has seven. But on top of it, the Jets also playing excellent defense and losing by three touchdowns. Disgusting. Absolutely. With a disgusting. special teams touchdown to boot. Yeah, like that crap. I, like, that was like, it's like he got the first stop, got the first stop on, on, on defense after the offense already looked bad for the Jets. And that's like, well, or, or no, they were, that was the first, that was the first punt of the game. I mean, that was just disgusting. It was disgusting. You know, it's even, I don't know who's worse though, which New York quarterback is worse because DeVito, man. That guy stinks. I mean, that guy really stinks. And that was, I felt like it was a good play. And as soon as Daniel Jones went out of the game, I'm like, why is Tommy DeVito in the game? I didn't even see what had happened to Daniel Jones for like two quarters. Well, yeah, because he tried to stay in the game after taking the hit. And that, I mean, because, I mean, he's he clearly was his ACL or something, something in his knee, right? Because he, I mean, he, he went. Yeah. He's done. He went to take the drop back, and as soon as he put weight on it, he just literally he fell to the ground. Like he, yep. there was nothing there, but he was trying to tough it out. Like I'd say, he's a, he's a tough son of a gun. But yeah, t- I mean, old TD, old yeah. old pies, old pies on, old pies on, man, is is not really an NFL caliber quarterback. I don't think. I don't think. I don't. You know, I don't know much, but I I could be wrong. But I don't know if he is much of an NFL caliber quarterback. He's like Jackie Aprile playing quarterback. Look. <laughs> Literally, look looking forward you know preview of i don't know if we're going to touch that game um but evidence of the line them being 16 and a half points 17 now 17 you're right i did touch yeah. 17 all right so yeah uh that's pretty evident of the quarterback play and i almost wanted Dallas in that game i don't know how they score how do they score like I just i don't know i did get a win though got one on that board joe Buh, joe Buh came and through you came back. You came back to your senses from the preseason. That this is a good team, and that they can go through bad. Well, again, we said it a little bit last week. This is the time. Teams are transforming, and we've got to. There's, you know, it's important to know your history, but it's important to know that you know this is a week to week league, and things are going to change in an instant. Uh, and that teams, you know, you can look more at their play from the past three to five games, and maybe forget some of that, some of those early woes from the beginning half of the year because teams are making changes. Coaches are getting more comfortable. Players are getting comfortable in schemes mm. and teams are really, I just, and there's a lot of games this week. I feel like of teams going in different directions. You ain't lying, brother. You ain't lying. I like, I like that little narrative this week. I would say too bad. A certain someone's not here to, to, uh, to jump on that train, but yeah. Uh, off the Pats playoff push and uh, <laughs> onto the Cincinnati Super Bowl train. We get back on. I like it. I think I think they got a great chance. I agree with you. And the Bills are now on the outside looking in of the playoff race. How crazy is that? That that could happen. And they're even money to make the playoffs, which is totally, totally wow. Crazy. Isn't that wow. crazy? Um, speaking of getting back on track, uh, under the weather, back on track, even though I did not realize that that was a retractable roof. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm putting on the game. I'm like, oh, shoot, the game, it's like Los Angeles. Like, it's open, but it's not. Like, okay, I'll take <laughs> So it was It was still 55 degrees in there, but no, <laughs> no wind or rain for that. That was the funniest under the weather ever. So we That's hope you took it. Yeah, it was really funny. Okay, so um, here are the records updated for you. I take a little step back 2023 and two. Maddie, 23, 18, and four. That's 56%. Good on ya. Blue gets back on track with the Raiders, three, nine, and one on the bet the narrative. Under the weather is eight and one. Magic Money Line Parlay is one and eight, but we're only down 3.9 units, so we can make it back this week. You won. Uh, so I will say, actually, before I let you pick or punt, I just want to say this. Favorites, 10 and four last week to the favorites. 11 and three to the under. Unders are insane and still on heaters. So are we changing our philosophy on favorites this week? 
I see I've made, and that's got to be the Southern Irish in me, but I'm just sticking through saying we've got to come back. I mean, this is the best. I, I didn't write it down. I, I meant, but I listened, you know, it's a, we rushed re- the action, uh, action network podcast. Evan Abrams so good giving out numbers for the entire gambling community, but he mentioned how, you know, not only is this just season long, the best year for favorites, but it's the lowest um, like average spread margin uh, of in like the history since they started recording, you know, against mm-hmm. the spread is that the average favorite is like a 4.6 favorite or something like that. And usually it's much higher. Usually I think, you know, that's the thing we kept saying, like there's all these just three point spreads. Like there used yeah. to be so many more touchdown, you know, touchdown favorites, 10 point favorites, like, and it's just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And so that's where it's now the dogs. It's like, it's hard to take some of these like smaller, tighter dogs and you're not getting as many opportunities for the big whale plays. Uh, you make a great point on that. It's like when I saw the Dallas Giant line, I was like, oh, we got one of those, 17. Like, here we go. Like, I haven't seen one of those in forever. And it's like, yeah, every line is three. And if it's a little bit more, you know, two teams that really aren't on the same level, it's like seven or eight. And that's pretty much where you are. And usually those eights are like, yeah, they cover sometimes. Like, Like Chicago would be an example of that last week. But how many coming for every Chicago? There's a Cleveland Arizona game, you know. Man, maybe we should have switched out Chicago last week. God, we should have <laughs> switched out Chicago. I knew that. I literally gave myself the in, and I was so freaking stubborn. Oh, uh, I, makes me I bet. Sick. I bet. Of course you did. Of course you did. All right, pick I think it got right it. I think it got it to like eight and a half before game time. But it yeah. did. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the ball. I'm gonna take Good. the ball this week. Go ahead. Because we're gonna start with a. I know this is this is a coin flip game. This is like definition of a coin flip game this week. But we get to back our guy. We get to back our guy. Our underdog king. In what I think is a massive coaching distance, you know, distance between the two coaches here. We're taking Mike Vrabel mm. and the Tennessee Titans plus one going up against Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I don't feel like I could get a better spot as far as like coaching advantage here. But you get the Titans coming off a primetime loss. Rookie Will Levis making his, his second start, but it was on a short week going on the road in Pittsburgh. His numbers at the end of the game weren't great, but watching the game, I thought he made a lot of good throws. Mm-hmm. And talk about a kid who's like really strong, not only just arm strength, like he was getting dragged down a couple times and was able to get the ball like all, all the way to the receiver, like whether they caught it or not. He was getting the ball there. He was standing and taking hits. He's really like passing the eye test for me. Uh, and like I said, a short week going to Pittsburgh, super tough. Now you get to go, and now they're going against Todd Bowles. And you do have to worry about super blitz heavy Todd Bowles here. Like I do worry, you know, young kid, heat him up a little bit. But I think like the poise that he showed in the pocket for me last week, I really think if he can stand in there a little bit and, and Vrabels knows what's coming with that, hopefully keep some extra guys in for protection. I mean, he's got a Tampa Bay defense that he can absolutely air the ball out on. He can go back to what he did two weeks ago against Atlanta. Tampa Bay's defense, not as good as they started the year off as. 30th in yards per play allowed. 31st in pass yards per game. 24th in completion percentage. 31st in yards per attempt. And 25th in QBR allowed. I mean, they are down there. So I just really like the way Levis is going to look this week. As far as the other side of the ball, Titans pass funnel defense, so they don't, you know, I, I wonder if they're able to change that up a little bit at all because you could you could have, you know, let Tampa Bay try and run the ball. They can't run the ball. Tampa Bay cannot run the ball at all, so they want to throw. So, I, you know, they're, they're willing to let teams throw on them. I'm hoping that Baker isn't able to beat them over the top at all. I think that they can keep things contained. Um, but just get back to the coaching spot. Uh, some, some trends here. Mike Vrabel in games with a spread of three or less. Mike Vrabel is 21 and 17 straight up, 19, 17 and two against the spread, including four and two in those spots this season. Um, and another one, the teams coming off of a road trip loss are tw- uh, big number 280, 242, and 13 against the spread mm-hmm. since 2019. Uh, the Bucks, another one that's a trend that we've given a couple weeks in a row. Uh, the Bucks opened as underdogs and have now flipped to favorites. Such teams this uh, this season are nine and twelve against the spread. Um, so give me the rookie, Will Levis, Madison, Connecticut. Give me Mike Vrabel, your New England Patriots, now the Tennessee Titans, plus one. 
maybe future Patriot head coach. It's in the rumor. Oh, wouldn't you love that? Uh, wouldn't you? That's that's your new that's your new season plan. It's just rooting for that to happen. That's the first round pick. That's where it's going, right there, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> in my lanes, in my lanes, because it was. How can you not? You know, you know how bad Bowles is as a favorite. You know how great Vrabel is as a dog. Uh, Levis does look, again, like I said, he looks strong, man. He looks and confident in the pocket. So strong. Like you can see him just standing there. Like if he, even if he, even if somebody did hit him, they feel like it would bounce right off of him. Like he just, he has no fear in there. And, and, and you underestimate that quality in quarterbacks when you maybe see inconsistencies everywhere else. At the end of the day, if you don't have any fear, like you're going to survive, you're going to survive in this league. And if you can, get the other things tight. I think it could be good. So I like Tennessee. Yeah. Tampa Bay got really nicked up last week too. I know Vita Bay yeah. is questionable. Carlton Davis is questionable. So some of these guys might not be playing on Sunday, which would be a huge impact. And huge I think impact. we'll see the line. The line will swing a lot. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, you mentioned that uh, stat again on uh, guys, guys, teams that start as dogs that go to favorites. And I hate that you mentioned it because I, I'm on one of those teams that is doing that. And I hate this, Matt. I, I want to to make this like I do. I want to follow my heart. I want to root for this team like we talked about. But uh, my head says New Orleans. My head says New Orleans in Minnesota this weekend. Uh, is it? Is it we head to head? Yeah, we're head to head here, Dan. We're head to head here, Dan. Come on. I absolutely hate it even more now. So we'll find a game that we can we can switch out. But I love it. I just I, I can't think Josh Dobbs is gonna do this again. Like I don't see it. Like my heart does say Minnesota. I feel like New Orleans is my teddy bear. They're the safest pick anybody can make so far this year. I mean, I feel like they're playing really good football outside of like they had kind of a letdown spot last week against the Bears, and the only reason that they won is because the Bears are so inept. But they turned the ball over five times. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean that that's a it's a it's a brutal thing that they that they did there. Way way down the list for them, but Minnesota. I, I, I'm trying to get there with this. I want to root for them, but I think the false magic is cooked in the in the cake. I really do. I think it's like last year, and this is some point going to fall out of the bottom again the variance in week-to-week performance minnesota makes me want to rely on the new orleans defense i just there's still a top five defense and third down defense completion percentage opponents punts per play yards per attempt um they're still good in all those categories man i mean and then plus this is the biggest difference in teams that actually value the ball New Orleans, plus eight in turnover differential. Minnesota, minus five in turnover differential. This is the largest discrepancy in turnover differential. And turnovers correlate the most to teams winning outside of points. Turnovers correlate the most to teams winning. And if Minnesota is not going to value the ball, now they've done better the past few weeks. They've started to win some of those turnover battles. But New Orleans is still really good at taking the ball away. And this is still a really good defense. And I actually think the offense of New Orleans has come back to life a little bit with deep shots, running the ball. That offensive line, listen to this stat. Matt, they have – we know how Minnesota blitzes, right? They blitz more than anybody. New Orleans has faced the fifth most blitzes in football this year, and they're fourth in pressure rate allowed. They've done a really good job against the blitz this year behind that O-line. Get Kamara the football, running downhill, Jamal Williams – um, and and then, you know, throw those deep balls. See, you can exploit against that Minnesota pass – a pass defense, and the only reason you haven't been the last couple of weeks is because they have been getting to the quarterback. But this is a this is a much better offensive line, I think, this week. New Orleans, the last three weeks, is tied for fifth in yards per play. And here's the kicker that got it for me. No team is scoring more in the fourth quarter the last three weeks than New Orleans. They have 10.3 points per game in the fourth quarter over the last three games. Minnesota's tied for 28th in that category. Just three points per game in the fourth quarter the last three weeks. Yes, my heart does want Minnesota to win this game, but my head says New Orleans. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. This this one, I, I was back and forth with this one, too. I, I kind of, you know, I, I really, the Saints defense, you could talk them up and, and do it, but just more research I was doing and not, not wanting to back Minnesota off of, like, such a, 
such a emotional and dramatic win. Like that was worried that they'd be drained for me, but Chris Raybon highlighted a couple of things on, on the action network that uh, the strength, is, you know, both these teams are five and four, but the strength of schedule is drastically, yeah. drastically different. I mean, new Orleans has beaten Carolina by three points, Tennessee by one new England, when they caught them in like the worst spot possible, Indianapolis with Minshew or no, I can't remember that might've been still been Richardson, but, and then Chicago, with Bajan. They lost to the Packers already this year who have not been good. Meanwhile, Minnesota has played Philadelphia, the Chargers, Kansas City, and they beat the 49ers, which, you know, we'll see how that goes as they keep reeling. But, um, and, you know, and another thing that I noticed in that game last week was I mentioned them possibly being able to run the ball better with a mobile quarterback. Obviously, I think Josh Dobbs is even more mo- mobile than, than uh, what Jared Hall could have been, but they had their best rushing game of the year last week, Dan. Mm-hmm. They ran for uh, they ran for, I think, 146 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, and they got their second rushing touchdown of the season scored by Mr. Joshua Dobbs. Another fun fact about that is that the Saints allow the second most rushing yards allowed to the quarterback this year. They fall victim to that because they play a ton of man coverage, backs returned. It's going to be a lot of third downs, a lot of important yards, maybe a lot of sneaking out, getting extra yards when you shouldn't be able to get them. Um, and then I, I just think Flores has turned this defense around, you know, Talk, talk about the, the Saints defense. They're ninth in DVOA. The Vikings are 10th in DVOA right now. Mm. One spot behind them. Um, and as much as you mentioned that the offensive line might not be allowing the pressure there, Carwell Blitz this season is 23rd in the league in passer rating. Uh, he's got a very poor PFF score as well for it. And then here come the trends revolving around Dennis Allen. And this is where Carr I'm going to get favorites. in trouble. Yeah, this is where I got in trouble with this camera. Evan Abrams says Dennis Allen coach teams coming off of a straight up win three 14 and two against the spread. He has Oh five and one in that spot this season. Derek Carr on on the road off of a win 11 and 22 against the spread one and eight as a favorite in that spot. Dennis Allen as a favorite in that same on the road off of a win 5-14-1 at 26%. Mm. They're not a good favorite team. They beat up on bad teams. I think that these teams are a lot closer. And Brian Flores, again, I think is one of these defenses that I think that they're actually built to stop New Orleans here because they are going to blitz him. They are going to hurry up Carr, and they're going to keep those two high safeties to allow not allow those deep shots. Flores makes you earn it every inch of the way and they get down to the red zone. And we've also talked about this year, how piss poor Derek Carr is in the red zone. Maybe one of the worst red zone quarterbacks in the NFL. So I, I worry a little bit about the Minnesota offense, but I think this is an ugly, ugly bucket up game. Minnesota's at home. Hopefully let's keep it within three points here. I will give it to you. The Saints have played the easiest schedule in football. Minnesota's played the 16th hardest schedule in football. So Yes, they've played an easier schedule, like by half the league. Obviously, no one has played a uh, an easier schedule than New Orleans. I just like the spot. I just I, I think last week was a very emotional win for Minnesota, and I think this week has is even though they're coming home, the Saints have been a lot better on the road. Uh, they've been a really good road team and winning games. That's winning games though, and three points. Uh, they're going to have to win this game probably by a touchdown to probably cover this number. I think if it's under six or under seven, I don't think they come. I, I think they're going to have to win this by a score or more uh, to really win this game. It, it honestly, it feels like a bad spot for both teams, though. That's the thing. I think if you, you know really what? were to try and convince yourself on like, because New Orleans has kind of been running and like getting by with it. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of mm-hmm. just scraping by with freaking Taysom Hill offense. Like yeah. Taysom Hill is, is, That's is been... so, the fact that he's so important for them this year. Yeah, is a little bit concerning. That's been the red zone offense, though. Like that, they've changed that the last couple of weeks where they've put Taysom Hill into the red zone and they've been more effective that way because it was just not working. Like it just wasn't working. So that's a good way to start off a game that we both hate, that we both could be convinced of either sides and we're both going against each other. Inevitably, that will probably win. So that will be the end of that one. Uh, let's go. Was that number four for you? That was my number two play of the week. See, that is to me like crazy because for all the puppeteering and pretzel twisting we just did, that's your number two play. 
I know it, it's kind of another coin flip game, but I just there's a couple games. It's an ugly card. It's ugly. There's a, couple, it's... there's a couple games that I did not want to put any higher on my list than Ugh. this one. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what. My number four play, you know, I went to Jersey Mike's last night with the family, double points. They love it. I love getting a good sandwich. I'm going to take a little sandwich game here mm-hmm. for the favorite and back the dog. I'm off of Cincinnati. I'm taking Houston now. Yeah! We got <laughs> We got it. We got it. We got a mind meld. Yes! Okay, so we're Let's just gonna go. we're gonna stop doing these games here with each other. We're just gonna hop right into the games when we when we agree on them. Gotcha. So this is this is my number three play of the week because, and I'll just tease my number four. I might have a bias towards my three and four play, and I wasn't okay. sure if I was just getting wrapped up in bias. One, this is too many points. Now it's ahead. too it's, many it's, points. It's your play. Go ahead. You know what though, I I, I don't have a ton of stats here on this one again i'm taking the spot i'm fading the sunday night winner beating buffalo at home sunday night after this game they got a quick turnaround to baltimore on thursday like this is like a this is like a wicked sandwich game this one is jam-packed double five meats double cheese like that's what this is and i want to be on the side of the books on this Last I checked, I don't know, Matt, if you have the numbers up, but last I looked, 33% of the tickets were on the Texans. Like, two-thirds of the tickets are on Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, right now, 68% on Cincinnati. And I actually noticed, too, I just started noticing some of my DraftKings when, I was, when I'm logging in in Connecticut. If you click into a certain part of the screen, they tell you the percentage of bets. On my DraftKings, it's telling me 91% of the bets are on Cincinnati. So wow. that's just accounting for obviously that book and this action network number is taking account for a lot more, but I'm going to log back into DraftKings, but it is a heavy, again, pros versus Joe's game here. Let me get into, go to game. If you go to game lines, yeah, 90% tickets on Cincinnati right now. That's crazy. Yeah. We got to be on the side of the books, right? I mean, that's what we and, need. And it, I think I, I'm getting confused too by like, I would think that CJ Stroud is like, a very public play right now. Like, especially like after going off last week, I was like, I hate to tail him after like setting the rookie passing yard record throwing mm-hmm. for five touchdowns, like absolutely lighting it up. They don't cover. They don't cover. That was in my leans, which was right. also a real life bet for me. And them not having a kicker. <laughs> All time bad beat. Oh, kneeling That's on brutal. a two point conversion. Just one of the worst beats. That was <laughs> in my brutal. leans. So that one was tough, but I-, I would just think that people would be back in Houston, but I get that. Cincinnati is like creme de la creme, Super Bowl talk now, mm-hmm. beating really, really good teams, you know, beating other Super Bowl contending teams for a few weeks in a row. We're at the top of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's exactly right, right? I mean, this is where I see it. Like, I think Burrow could shred here in this game, but I also look at it and I say, they're still just a passing team. Like, and as great as that passing is, at some point, you know, you do have to establish some, some hurt and some run. And the last three weeks, they're 29th in the league in rushing yards per game still. Houston against the run the last three weeks, number one in opponents' yards per carry, number four in opponents' rushing yards per game. And, in fact, the biggest the biggest factor of all, Matt, is this. Chase and Higgins are not healthy. I mean, that, that's obvious. Chase didn't practice yesterday. He was limited today with the back. Higgins did not practice today. Uh, on top of that, on defense, Sam Hubbard did not practice today. So that's another factor. Now, granted, the Texans have a lot of guys on the injury report as well. But, Matt, the one stat that I that really grabbed me here was a deep stat that you saw from Evan Abrams. Teams that have allowed 20 points or fewer in four straight games have a winning record and are a favorite are 125, 154, and seven against the spread. That's less than 45%. Give me that sandwich. I'm going to take a bite. Yeah, again, I, I I wasn't even thinking. I know that they have, like you said, they have a uh, Baltimore next week, Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and again, I was just flirting around with this game. And now, what what did we decide this is at? Is that six and a half? Or six is and it a half seven? now. I, I saw six it, and a half. It touched seven for a second, and they bet it right down. And and that's that's also again reverse line move right there. So it's another mm-hmm. sign of pro money coming in. Mm-hmm. Is that if all the tickets are on a side and it's going 
towards the other side, giving the Texans less. That should have went up to seven and a half if everybody was betting on the Texans, but or betting on the Bengals, excuse me. But there's pros coming in on the Texans, clearly. I mean, this Houston offense is really good. If you haven't taken mm-hmm. notice of it last week, and the Bengals do have a weaker secondary. I think that they're like their safeties have taken a big step back. Like I said, they lost Jesse Bates, and just overall as a unit, their secondary has taken a full step back from where they were last year. And they're similar to the Jets that I spoke about a few weeks ago, where they are a good defense, but when they don't generate turnovers, they lose games. And CJ has been phenomenal about taking care of the football. He's only got one interception, yeah. four fumbles this year. But again, this secondary is ripe to be taken advantage of. Cincinnati is allowing seventh most uh, passing yards a game, uh, or sorry, seventh most total yards uh, to opposing offenses this year, third most first downs uh, per play. So, you know, quicker, quicker, you know, getting new sets of downs, fresh sets of downs, Um, second worst in yards per play on the year at 5.9 over the last three weeks or even worse in yards per play. They're 6.4 yards per play over the last three games. Um, Meanwhile, Minnesota is top 10 in yards per play, third down conversions per game, and passing yards per game because it's really all that they do. Um, they're averaging 8.1 yards per attempt this year is Houston, third best in the NFL. And again, over the last three, when they've been really just saying, we can't run the ball, we're going to commit to letting CJ kind of run this offense, 8.7 yards per attempt, best in the mm. league over the last three weeks. Um, and like I said, CJ has just been so good, 14, 14 passing touchdowns, more than 2,200 yards. He is the third quarterback to do that in his first eight games alongside Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I mean, yeah, CJ Stroud has been, do you, do you care to comment on CJ Stroud? I know you had some choice I, words for I, Ohio I, state quarterbacks coming into the NFL. I did say that. And I, I will say I bend the knee. I, I really do because that was, I mean, he's been outstanding. And you know, one thing that I think Cincinnati is going to be very vulnerable with is also Stroud has been very patient and he's made really good decisions. And one of those decisions he's made really well is knowing when to run the football himself. And Josh Allen, like, obviously we know the Bills struggles, but that was one thing he was able to do is really get after it was running the football. He was incredible. So that's where I'm confident in Stroud getting there. I do think it's going to take a big effort from him, but I don't see this game really being that high high scoring. I think this is one of those oh. counterintuitive games where you're like Bengals, Texans, high flying all over the place. I like the defensive coordinator and 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 D'Amico Ryan's as well, the HC, going up against each other. I think those I think they have the advantages in this game. Yeah, I definitely let Square Brain catch me because I saw the total was 47. I immediately bet the over earlier. Today. Yeah. Um because Doesn't I thought sense. this I thought this could be because I do I do think that the Bengals are gonna be able to move the ball. Even if Chase isn't 100%, I don't think Higgins is going to play. I think Chase goes, but I think he might be more. He's still going to be that third down machine, that, that you know, that, that first down, moving the chains kind of guy. But I think his ability to stretch the field might be a little limited if he's not able to kind of get, like, going on a nine route with a, with a bad yeah. back here. Um, so I do think that. And, again, I, I, I still – again, we love the Bengals here. I think they're still poised for a Super Bowl run. But I just think this is too many points. I th- I think they can still win this game. Right. But I think exactly. that I think that they just keep it tight here. I do worry. I, uh, speaking of the kicking injuries last week, I haven't looked into what they've done. I imagine they are going yeah. to come into this game with a kicker. I haven't the seen guy. the I haven't seen the transaction, but I know that guy is is did not practice. He's got the quad. And if they come in there with Daria Gumbawale kicking kicking off, I mean that's going to be wild. And if we cover, that'll be the cover of covers. You know. So that is that is definitely concerning. But one last uh, CJ Stroud uh, in this again this year in his career four and one against the spread as an underdog. So kids off to a pretty good start. Bang bang boom! I love that. I love that. All right, we go we go head to head. Then we mind meld. Where are we going now? <laughs> I'll tell you where we're going. Because as I said before, I am freaking done. We're going to Germany. I'm taking the Colts minus one and a half, man. I mean, I am I am that far gone. I am that far gone. I have no faith anymore. I've lost it all. They losing to Washington, the most garbage franchise in the league. I've lost it all. Like, I don't even care that it's Gardner Minshew. Like, the Colts are good enough. They have a decent enough roster where they're going to win this game because the Patriots roster sucks. And guys are getting the Twitter stuff going on with J.C. Jackson's getting left in, in the United States. 
like uh, because of all that crap with the benchings and all Bill saying he didn't bench him, but it's obvious that they got benched. Jack Jones, the same thing. Like it is a mess. It is a total disaster. What's going on? There's a couple guys hanging on. Mac Jones saying this week that, you know, it was a good question that somebody asked him about when they asked him, do you think other quarterbacks have better opportunities to throw the football because their receivers are better? He goes, yeah, that's a good question. Like, like just shady Mac Jones. I'm going to be honest. The more I listen to him and the more I see him dream out guys in the field, like the more I'm just like, you are a little biatch. Like you really are. Isn't he Philip Rivers, but just not as talented? Yes, yes. He's just a like wannabe Philip Rivers. Like that's like, ugh. It's really turning me off, man. I mean, Indianapolis, and I'll give you the stats here. Indianapolis running the football the last three weeks, they've been awesome. They've been sixth in yards per carry, fifth in rushing yards per game. New England, this inferior. Oh my God. I'm gonna like I'm gonna actually run through it's a wall. Bust. Third down and longs. How do you let Sam Howell, Sam Howell, scramble for a third and 23 conversion, Matt? How does that happen? That is, I literally, I actually got up and left after I saw that. It was disgusting when I saw that. And like three defenders touched him. Like just didn't bring him down. Oh, I can see Adrian Phillips. There you go. Matt, they are 26 in the league in third down attempts for their defense. So pretty good enforcing teams in the third down. They're 25th in third down defense. Oh. Like, that's disgusting. It's a disaster. Indianapolis, third in points per play, tied for fourth and fourth quarter points per game, where the Pats are losing games in the fourth quarter. And they're still the only team that scored 20 points every single week. How are the Patriots getting to 20 points? Where? In what world? Like, yes, could this be the end of, of, of Belichick? I don't think it will be after this week. People are saying that he could get fired if they lose this game. I don't see that. But come January, man, as they say in German, in German, Verabschiedung, goodbye for Bill in his true walk of shame. Which I don't know if that video was real or not, but I guess it was. So I'm taking the Colts minus one and a half. It was a wild ring cam video that came out of Bill Belichick uh, on Twitter this week. Finally, a game that we're not both on. Um, this is, I can tell this is a little bit personal for you, uh, a little bit vengeful for you. And um, I, I like the Colts as a side. I, I think that that makes sense. So Yeah, makes a best lot of, of sense. Best of luck to you. Yeah, best of luck to me, yeah. And if, I get and to if, root. if they don't win this week, uh, you just, you can't touch a Patriot game for the rest of the year. No, you can't no, do it's it. done. It's done. I can't go back on the sheet in week 18 and look at the sheet and say, I bet on the Patriots seven times like I did last year. You know, I just can't do it anymore. Number, uh, I guess it's four or three or whatever. It is. It's it's four. And again, what I just said, maybe maybe take a take a pill of my own advice here. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus seven and a half <laughs> against the Buffalo Bills. As I said, you're not allowed to touch another game with your crappy yeah, team that hilarious. you root for, your team of fandom. I'm going to follow that up with the Denver Broncos because <laughs> things seem to actually be heading in the right direction for the Broncos recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is talk about the theme of the show. These are teams going in ships in the night, totally different mm-hmm. directions here. Um, so again, here's the hoping things get better for the Broncos as they go forward and things still get getting worse for the Bills. Over the last month, the Bills defense is dead last in DVOA. Dead last in the NFL. And there's a lot of bad defenses out there. And I just don't know if the market has caught up and accounted for how bad the Bills defense has been after the key injuries that they took. Um, meanwhile, the Broncos, like the players and the scheme changes that they made, they're taking some guys in and out, and they're finally learning this, this uh, Morris scheme. The Broncos defense is exactly league average since week five. So they're right in the middle, but that includes two games against the Chiefs, which doesn't hold as much weight as it did in previous years thing going against the Chiefs offense because I guess no. we've seen their struggles. But over the last three games, Denver is allowing, compared to Buffalo, Denver is allowing less 
yards per game on defense than Buffalo. Lower completion percentage to QBs than Buffalo. Fewer opponents per first down per game. Lower third down conversion percentage uh, per game. All better than Buffalo. Not to mention that Denver has the second best red zone defense over the past three weeks. Um, and a couple trends to back this one up too. And again, I just I, I we got a good head coach. This is a, this is a great head coaching matchup again between the two two really smart head coaches here. The Broncos are coming off of a, of a bye and are a big dog in Buffalo. In the last 20 years, underdogs of seven or more coming off of a bye are 23, 67, and two straight up, but they're 48 and 44 against the spread. Mm. At seven points, it's a lot of points for teams coming off of a bye. This is another, uh, if we're expecting a lower scoring game, uh, when two teams are coming off of extended rest, um, the under is 99 and 47 and one 67.8 percent since 2018 23 and five so far this season so the total is 47 we expect to be close lower than that and getting seven points is big in, in, a, in a lower spread game like that not to mention like i said sean payton 38 and 21 straight up on extended rest when he's a dog on extended rest he is nine and five against the spread meanwhile buffalo has lost five straight night games against the spread four straight night games at home against mm. the spread um, and then Allen is 6, 12, and 1 against the spread um, uh, on this mark when, when, when playing in night games. Or, sorry, I, I don't have the start of that stat. But he's 6, 12, and 1 something against the spread. A poor stat for Josh Allen. I think I missed part of my notes on that one. But good trends coming for the Broncos as far as good play, hopefully continuing. And Buffalo, I just don't know if we've realized that they're that team. They're that playoff team, that perennial playoff team. That's just not going to make the cut this year. Mm. There was a point in the season last year where Buffalo kind of went through this. Now, not as bad and on the losing end of this stuff, but I think this is a hard one because I, and I had Denver originally in my leans, but then I looked at the line and I looked at the market. This was nine and a half. Yeah. And, and it's down to seven. And yeah, that's great. But I'm pretty sure like 60% of the tickets are on the Broncos. And that scares me. 60% of tickets, 85% of money on Broncos. So okay, higher so money percentage money. than tickets. Well, that, that would be expected. So seven points does feel like a lot. I love that Baron Browning is now back for Denver. He's been outstanding for them in their pass rush, him and Nick Benito together. Uh, this is a hard one because I feel like the bottom has got to come soon from Buffalo. I don't know when. It, interesting, though, again, looking at, I'm comparing that those Action Network numbers to DraftKings when I look it up. DraftKings is telling me 91% of their bets are on Buffalo. That's crazy. Joe Public team. That that can't be. That, that's an unbelievable. Who's betting on Buffalo right now? I, I mean, Denver? maybe I, that, if that's got to be including teasers. I mean, that's this is another one like yeah. Buffalo is going to be in every teaser. Mm-hmm. I might say that, that just makes me think I got to throw a little money line on the Broncos now. Because, ah! I mean, you know, people are going to be teasing them down to one, one and a half, whatever you're getting it at. On Monday night, expecting those teasers all cash. We're starting the we're starting the new week fresh with that Monday night hit. Maybe not, friends. Maybe not. Maybe not, friends. Uh okay. All right. I, I can get there with you. I can get to Denver with you a little bit. It feels too easy. That's that's it does. It, it 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 popped right off the screen at me and yeah. I kind of wrote it right in right away. And that's again, that's why this is lower than like my Minnesota bet, because I was like right. bias feels too right. easy, but I, I didn't like anything else better this week to take as far as the rest of the board goes. Fair enough. Matt, I hope to Christ that you are on me, on this with me. Or at least, like, didn't pick this game. I, I There's a game, yeah, my last game, my number one play. Or just, so you're on your number two. I'm on my number two, and okay. I just I, – mine's a first principles game. Like, I don't like this game, but, God, I got to take the divisional dog. I got to take the Browns plus six and a half. Please tell me you are not on the same page. I, they are in my leans and I couldn't get there with the Browns. I couldn't get them in my five. I just can't see these two teams having these two good defenses and, and this stay in itself. I mean, we just saw it last week with Seattle, but Seattle's nowhere near defensively like this, like defense, I think will, will, will travel division and game will travel. Like if you, if you take this game in its full context, I don't know if you've seen the Aaron Schatz DVOA stat on 
on the Ravens. I did post it on on my on my uh, my ratings this week. The Ravens currently, and I rated the Ravens number one again, the highest rating I've ever given a team in my ratings. The DVOA stat is team DVOA. Baltimore has the third highest team DVOA ever measured. 91 Washington Redskins, which is considered really the greatest team of all time, and the 2007 Patriots are the only teams higher right now than the Ravens. That feels like some analytical smoke blowing up keisters to me. And Cleveland, I mean, you look at what they've done this year. They've held three of their games. They've held teams to their lowest yardage of the season. They're first in EPA. They're first in third down defense. They're first in three and outs on defense. And they're first in yards per game allowed. And I don't think Miles Garrett's had a better year than this year. He's got nine and a half sacks. And he's not the only guy. Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Sione Takitaki at the middle linebacker position. Denzel Ward's had maybe his best year that he's ever had. Not that they're really going to have to defend the pass that much, but still. And in games in which Lamar has played against the Browns and hasn't matched up against a rookie like DTR this year, Matt, this number has come, uh, this number here has covered the last four times that that matchup has been in play. We know Lamar's numbers with the three point dog or favorite, right? If he's a three point dog or favorite, he's 19 and six against the spread. If not, 20 and 29 against the spread. He's three and eight against the spread in home divisional matchups. Plus, here was a great stat. This one really, I mean, those action network guys just are on it. This is a good one. When Baltimore's given up three points or less the previous game under Jim Harbaugh, the next week, they're three, nine, and one against the spread. The following week, Cleveland might score 17 in this game or 14 in this game. But that might be all they need to cover. I really think this defense can hold down Lamar. I like the Browns plus six and a half. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I they were in right up until like the last minute. This is my last team out for sure is Cleveland. Um, and I just felt like I I'm I think that we're at the top of the market on Baltimore again. This is one where it's like I just think we're there. But Deshaun, Deshaun worries me so much. I mean, I know obviously DTR was like the worst possible guy you could have put in there when they played the first time around. But Watson just doesn't, he's just scaring the hell out of me this year with Mm. everything that he's doing. Obviously this is a bet on the defense, but I'm just worried we're getting in front of a Baltimore train that is absolutely rolling right now. So I I had, I couldn't get there with you, but I know it is a first principles. It is first principles. It's, it's what we know. It's what we do. Um, And I'm, I was a little shaken off of it. We are stepping in front of some stuff. Like we're stepping in front of Cincinnati we're, we're stepping in front of – I'm stepping in front of Baltimore. Both of us are really stepping in front of Minnesota and New Orleans, not really knowing. I mean, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, man, it's 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 tough to take that, obviously. Like, you have to have some Cayones, especially the way the favorites are, are playing. But, man, that, that's a tough one with the defenses traveling. Okay, number one, I actually love my pick, and I know you're going to love your pick. So, please, I am waiting with bated breath. Well, this is another one I might be stepping in front of a train with as far as I, I think this is teams going in two different directions. And I'm just hoping that it continues in the way that they're going and mm. that things don't turn back around for one team that has been reeling, that was a Super Bowl favorite, that I have a Super Bowl bet on. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three points against oh. the San Francisco 49ers. This one's scary because Jacksonville is riding a five, six-game winning streak mm-hmm. and San Francisco has dropped three in a row. But – I just don't I, – I don't know, man. San Francisco, we talked about their defense, has not been looking that good. Um, and I just think that especially both these teams coming off of a bye, I think the public opinion – again, we see how short-sighted some of the public plays are uh, on this stuff. And it's like I think maybe with a week off for both these teams that the natural thought goes back to like early season vibes then where the Jaguars weren't that good and San Francisco was running through everybody. But if we want to talk about the, the last month, the 49ers pass defense has been porous. I mean, the last three games, they're allowing the third highest third down uh, conversion percentage, the third highest opponent's completion percentage, which is at 72, basically 73% completion percentage. Third worst in the league. Uh, 272 passing yards a game, seventh worst, 7.4 yards per attempt, fifth worst. And they're allowing 4.5 yards per rush, which is seventh worst. 
So it's not even just the pass defense. It's everything overall. And those games were against the Bengals, a half game against Kirk Cousins, and then uh, Hall, Jared Hall, mm-hmm. and the Browns with P.J. Walker. Those are the three games that we're talking about here with these bad stats. Um, not to mention Purdy hasn't been taking care of the football at all. Uh, five picks in his last three games, and the Jags are the highest turnover defense in the NFL right now, tied with the New Orleans Saints. Um, and not to mention, again, to get into the trends at the end of this one, Shanahan as a road favorite has been bad. He is not as good as a road favorite. Uh, he is 20 and 11 against the spread as a road dog under Shanahan. He is just 11 and 14 against the spread as a road favorite. Uh, another interesting one here after scoring 17 points or less in three straight games, San Francisco 49ers teams favored in their next game are 62, 81 and three against the spread over the last 20 years. Uh, the Jags have also been really good against good teams. And they, they uh, Lawrence has played really well against, against good teams. Teams with a winning percentage of 75-plus coming off of a bye are 132-81-1 and one straight up, 62% the last 20 years. Uh, when it comes to covering the number, Lawrence is also really good when facing good teams. Uh, they have covered nine straight games versus teams above 500 straight up. And over the last two seasons, Lawrence is 9-3. and three against the spread in this spot against teams above 500. Uh, Doug Peterson's also got really good numbers against, uh, again, on extended rest and against good teams uh, as a dog. So just got to hope things keep going, keep going well for Jacksonville. Um, Trent Williams still on the injury report. I think Debo's going to be back this week, but if Trent Williams doesn't play, it's a serious knock to that offensive line. They are not nearly as good. And uh, Jacksonville is getting uh, about, I think they're fourth in the league in pressure rate, about 25%. Mm. They're getting a ton of pressure up front. So, uh, and you really have to throw the ball on Jacksonville because they have a great run defense as well. So getting pressure with that front four, um, able to stop the run against the Niners, are really going to make Purdy have to pass the ball on them. And I think some of the league is starting to figure out Purdy, again, with his recent play. We're just seeing him pass like 16, 17 games started. He's just passed where he's played a full year, and teams have a lot of tape on him. So um, I, I really like the Jaguars here. Your Trent Williams thing is definitely on point. I, here's the stat that I look at and I say, okay, what does San Francisco want to do? They want to run the football. It's just really hard to run on Jacksonville. I mean, total season-long stats, fourth in the league in yards per carry on defense. Last three weeks, they're tied for fifth. And then rushing yards per game, third in the league in that category. And the last three weeks, they're fifth. I mean, it's just really hard to run the football on Jacksonville because of their scheme. It was my first one out. It, it, I I like Jacksonville a lot in this game. I think that this – I tried to get there. God, we should just – that New Orleans-Minnesota game. <laughs> that's, that's one that's just like, why are we doing this? Um, but, yeah, Jacksonville, I think I think you're right. My my issue is right is that Debo coming back and, and San Francisco will be desperate. They will be desperate yeah. to win this game. So I wonder, but every turn Jacksonville has has come around, they've delivered. So, and I know they're saying for a, potentially a lot of win down in Florida this week. So we'll get to uh, that. It might might be hard. It might be hard to throw the ball. So there's a team again. I think Jacksonville is going to be able to. They've been the ETN's been fantastic this year. Uh, uh, so I think right. they are going to be able to run the ball. And again, you just you'd rather have a dog if you think there's going to be less points scored. Um, you know, under the total in this game, uh, you're always going to want the dog in that spot. 100%. No question. Well, Matt, you're in real estate, right? Or like you work in, in that field, you would say. Yeah, I'm familiar. Very familiar. Uh, and, and when you choose where you want to live and maybe around the country, you might say like, hey, what what's financially best for me, right? When you're trying to choose a place to live. And one of those things that you you use is, I would love it if there was no state income tax and I didn't get charged on anything, right? Like that would be awesome. Here's my thing. One of those states, people move to Florida, people move to Texas, but one of those states surprisingly is Washington. There may be no state income tax in the state of Washington, but it will be a hefty price to play for the city of Washington on Sunday as they travel to Seattle, I love the Seahawks minus six and a half against Washington. This is easily the best buy low, sell high spot that I could find on this board. And really the only game that I like. Washington's offense should have won by way more against New England. We talked about that. 
Howell throwing that key late interception in the second half. That would have gave him the lead. And other opportunities down the field they missed. Also, the second straight road game for the Commanders. Seattle this year on defense, ninth in the league in pass rush win, win rate, tied for sixth in sacks. They're allowing a fourth least yards per temp, yards per attempt the last three weeks. I mean, I think the the benefit from no pass rushers anymore is really going to benefit Geno Smith this week because he has been tough, like sailing when he's under pressure, but losing those guys on the edge the health of the offensive line of Seattle is finally back. Plus, if you look at his clean pocket numbers this year, 72% completion percentage and averaging 8.1 yards per, per attempt. Seattle also, I think, are going to regress in the positive to that red zone and third down offense. I really think that that's going to happen this week. Washington, not that great in that category. Plus, all but one of Seattle's wins have covered this number. So I really like this number for them. Geno Smith off a loss, 20, 30, 20 and 13 against the spread. Pete Carroll off a loss, 37, 29 and four against the spread. And this was the greatest stat of all of that. Brandon Anderson came out with this stat and it was a killer. Teams that have a 60% win rate after a 20 point plus loss, 68% against the spread. If we narrow that to weeks 10 through 15, so in weeks where we know teams are good and no teams are bad, right? Teams that have a 60% win rate alpha, 20 point plus or more loss in weeks 10 through 15, 39 and six against the spread, 87% the last 20 years. That's one of the great stats I've ever heard. I love Seattle. I love the state of Washington over the city minus six and a half. Yeah, I was back and forth in this game. I had to stay away from either side. I, I, I want to take Washington just because of the ticket number on Seattle. Seattle is heavy, heavy. They're 90% of the tickets right now. And I, I just looked on DraftKings as well, 83% of the tickets on my DraftKings. Mm. So that's the, what kept me away from this game and scared me off. But I, I think you're on the right side. I think you're on the sharp side. I just think that they're undervalued. I, I really do. I think Washington... Washington played way worse than we really thought last week. Okay, uh, quickly, leans, go for it. Leans are just uh, Cleveland and then Arizona with Kyler Murray coming back. I almost wanted to, but again, we found a couple uglier plays than that to, to squeeze into our five. That's a toughie. I went Jacksonville like you did. I went Tennessee. The Chargers? Nope. No, stop. I, I I really wanted to bet the Lions. I really wanted to bet the Lions. Really? But again, on the road, Jared Goff. That's another too many things. Like, Chargers are in the sweet spot, getting three. The Lions on the road, I didn't love. But, like, we think that the Lions should run game should be able to run straight through the Chargers in this, right? You know, so I was able – I was just going – Yeah, I was going back and forth on this one too much. Are you give Brandon Saley credit for a defensive coordinating job? Come on. <laughs> Never. Uh, okay, let's do the specials. Matt, you're right on Jacksonville, man. That's the one under the weather this week. It's 45, so under 45, 71 degrees, 25% chance of rain here. Winds are 10 to 20 miles an hour, 14 mile an hour sustained. And I think that will bode well for Jacksonville as well, like you said. And I, I like that number one pick. So San Francisco at Jacksonville under 45 is the under the weather. Let's make some magic. Are we going big? Are we going little? What are we doing? We're straightforward. We're taking the number one and number two play on the week. It's smaller, but they're both home dogs, baby. We got okay. a home dog parlay. Jacksonville plus 140. Minnesota plus <laughs> 130. I know. I know you hate it. I, I, I hate that I keep doing this in the head-to-heads with you, but plus 452 on the home dog parlay. We really just need one to get into positive numbers here. So we're just taking the top two plays of the week. Plus 450, two. All right. You know, I, I actually, my at least in my heart, I can root for this one. Because I do want Minnesota to win the game. I just don't think they will. Now for me to guess, lose, bet the narrative. Please. Here's the torture chamber. So you have between Seattle and Washington, Cleveland and Baltimore, Indianapolis, New England, Houston, Cincinnati, New Orleans, Minnesota. Which one is it? I feel like he's I feel like he's taking New England. I think he's taking New England in this one. So here's the text message I got from him today. Um the bet the narrative is gonna be 
New England plus two. All the Belichick talks of him being let go by Kraft is going to be put to bed for a few weeks. And his little walk of shame fiasco was just Bill needing to get his mind right before firing up the troops. Pats went outright, going to the bye week with a win. They faced the Giants the week after, which will lead Pats fans, Dan, back to having faith and hope for a playoff push. Or we really are going to be talking about old Billy Boy getting cans and he can't win without TB12. And he said, uh, this week begins their fight back to fulfilling the 10 and 7 prediction <laughs> with the rest of their schedule being fairly easy. I'm like, I hate you for this. So the New England Patriots are disgustingly the pick in Germany. Boy, I knew he was going to stick it to you with that one. When you, when you, the way you teased what he picked for you, and you're like, I hate that he had to pick this. I, I knew he was just trying to stick it to you. Right in my freaking craw. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> Run it down for us real quick. All right, quick right now. We got uh, Mike Vrabel and the Titans plus one against Tampa Bay. Denver catching seven and a half on the road at Buffalo. CJ Stroud, mind meld. Uh, Houston plus seven against Cincinnati. Minnesota has a home dog plus three against New Orleans in a head-to-head with Danny and Jacksonville plus three. Uh, take Jacksonville and Minnesota, combine them together, and you got the money line parlay. Love it. New Orleans minus three in the mind meld at Minnesota. I hate it, but I must do it. Sandwich game, Houston plus six and a half at Cincinnati. We're riding together. Uh, I'm totally done with the Patriots. Indianapolis minus one and a half in Germany. Cleveland plus six and a half. Hold the nose on first principles. And Washington State is better than the city of Washington. Seattle minus six and a half over the commanders. The bet the narrative is the Patriots. Don't bet it. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Got to feel better about Gotta feel better about the bet the narrative head to head than head to heads with me. You, no, I don't because I bet- just lost it last week. You got the Raiders and I had the Giants, so I feel like not great. Yeah, he's on a hot streak as well. Then, yikes! I got to get back to winning. I need a four and one, man. I go three and two, three and two, three and two, like three weeks in a row. I hit it like a two, two and one, and then bang, one and four. Like I worked so hard to get back to five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, easier to e- easier to get behind than it is to get ahead. Oh, it's like school for me. All right, that's it. And that's all for Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silver. I am Dan Zampano. We'll see you next week, week number eleven. Can you believe it? As the season continues to roll along, we'll roll with you every week here on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.